Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode with a very special guest, Bobby Rubio. He's an autism dad and a story artist at Pixar. You may have seen his personal and professional story in thousands of news feeds around the world. You definitely don't want to miss this one. Also, if you're enjoying being a part of my autism tribe and listening to our podcast, we would love for you to take a moment to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, share us with a friend or your organization. That's how we make our voices stronger. We're also on all social platforms, so give us a follow and send us a message about topics that you'd like to hear about. It's important that we're providing you with information and messages that are near and dear to your heart. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to My Autism Tribe, an organization of advocates that are educating, supporting, and empowering those in our communities. We are one voice made stronger. I'm your host, Susan Scott. When parents first receive an autism diagnosis, and even in moments afterwards, they may feel like they're drowning and they're not alone. Many of us may feel like this, but our guest today has created a special animation that touches every parent and sheds a light on the positivity that can be found in dark times. Bobby Rubio made his directorial debut with Pixar's animated short, Float, on Disney Plus in November, and it has absolutely captured our hearts and told many of our stories. Bobby has worked at Pixar as a story artist since 2012, contributing to animations such as Inside Out, Incredibles 2, and Brave. But Float broke through barriers as not only a short focused on neurodiversity, but also Pixar's first work to feature a Filipino-American animated character. The short tells the story of a father that discovers his son is different than others, and rather have the outside world view him as being different, the father keeps his son out of sight. Bobby's own son, who was diagnosed with autism, didn't handle the news of his son's diagnosis well, again, just like many of us, and his testimony is so heartfelt and inspiring. Please welcome my special guest today, Bobby Rubio. Bobby, it's such a pleasure to have you on today. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you, Susan. It's my pleasure. I have read along with, I'm sure, millions of other people, a little bit about your story and, of course, have seen the Pixar animation short called Float. And so it's something that has been inundating my news feeds uh, for months now, which is an absolutely great thing because it's helping with autism awareness and acceptance and just overall inclusion because people that are not even touched by neurodiversity per se, um, are they're really being affected on it. So um, I know that you are an autism dad, which yes. it's, I, I want to just say thank you for being such an open book and sharing your story with, with millions of people. And that's something that I truly want to touch on today. And so I, I really want to give you this platform to share your story because I know that you've mentioned that there has been some struggle with it, um, just like we all have had. And so your personal story is so heartfelt and so touching, which really led you to creating the short float. So yeah. Why don't we take a little bit of a step back and share about your, your family? What, who, who does it consist of? And who is that special little person in your life that touched you to, and inspired you to create Float? Okay. So in my family, there's uh, my wife, Susan, 
which I That's a I great name, by the way. It is a great name. <laughs> um, so my wife, Susan, my oldest son, Harrison, and the twins, Alex and Will. And, and Alex is another great name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did, Alex, you, you mentioned that's your son's name as that's well? That's my son's name. It is, ah. Yeah, it's awesome, huh? Yes. And Very Alex, cool. Yeah, Alex is the middle child, and so um, um, he's the one that is on the spectrum. And we knew this because he has a twin brother. And his twin brother, when they were growing up, his twin brother was meeting all the milestones. His brother was talking. His brother was walking before Alex. Um, and we just got to – we were just – comparing the two and going, what's going on with Alex? Um, and then we went to the pediatrician and uh, she had us go, th we thought it was a, a, a speech delay at first. Mm -hmm. So she had us go through a speech uh, therapist. And uh, after a few months, uh, she diagnosed Alex with, with autism. And how old was he at this time? He was... Uh, two, two and a half. Okay. And, um, and so when the diagnosis happened, I didn't handle it well. I actually went through a depression at the time. Yeah. And, um, my wife actually was m much stronger. I'm going to be, I'm just gonna be honest. She was, mm -hmm. she handled the, 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 the diagnosis really well. And, um, I kind of shut out. I didn't know how to handle it. I was in my room. I remember it was like around Christmas time and I was in my room. I under the covers in the dark and my brother was in town and he was playing with Alex and the boys and he was like, "What is going on? What is wrong with you?" And and then I had to pull him aside and I told him that Alex is autistic. Mm -hmm. and or has autism and um he he was like so <laughs> like it's okay he's still alex right. he's still alex yeah and um but it it affected me and um my wife it got so bad where my wife was like you know bobby you got to get back into this because we can't make it as a family without you yeah and so um i I, I actually sought, uh, I got, a uh, sought help. I went through ther therapy mm -hmm. and, um, and also another thing that happened was my wife knew that I was an artist and she said, you know what, maybe you just got to get this out of you. Um, maybe you should tell this story. So I, uh, came up with an idea called, uh, Alex, I named it after Alex, and it, it was about a, a father and a son and a son that floated. And I did a drawing of it, and I believe it's on the Disney Plus extras. Did you see it? Yes. Okay. So on the Disney Plus extras, you will see the cover that I actually drew, and it is a father standing in a field of dandelions yeah. with his son floating in the air, and, it's, and the tagline is, A Special Child and a Father's Journey. And so that was my attempt to get my emotions out. Um, but, and I, and I was going to do the comic. I was going to do a full on 24 page comic, but uh, 
but I, my emotions got the most of me and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't tackle it at the time. And, uh, I believe this was 10, ye- 10 years ago. Yeah. Cause Alex is 12 now. So at two and a half, so nine, nine yeah. and a half years ago. And so I couldn't do it. And then fast forward to, to like four years ago, I, um, was looking at my son, Alex, and he's growing up and I'm actually in a much better place. Mm-hmm. And I th- thought, you know what? It's time to tell the story. I just got to tell the story. So before my son get grows old and becomes a man and, and then that, and before, before it doesn't have the same impact in me, I, I had to just tell the story to get it out. And it, and it was so cathartic to do so. Yeah. Um, I did it as a storyboards first. Um, and um, I was showing it around to my friends here at Pixar. And my friends here at Pixar said, you know what, you should show this to um, Lindsay Collins, who's a, the executive producer of the Spark Shorts program. And um, I did, and she loved it. And she thought it was the perfect candidate for one of our shorts. And so um, from there, um, we just went into production and started working on it. And, and then Float is out and about in the world. So I, am, I, am, I, I see myself how I was back um, 10 years ago. And I, I want to tell this to the fathers out there that I know if you're in a dark place and you feel like your world is shattered, you know, there is a light and, it, and it, it'll take time. And um, it took time for me, but there is a light and, then, and, and you could uh, journey towards that. Mm. Thanks so much for saying that. It's important. I know that we touched a little bit on it before we hopped on the podcast that everyone has a different journey. There's no right or necessarily wrong way in dealing with emotions. And we all display our emotions differently. And, but they have, we have to deal with them at, at mm-hmm. some point. And there's no set time. You have three months and you have to be over and done with it and no. pull your pants right. up and keep going. It's, right. And it's a time. There, there are times where I think, you know what, I've got this. And then I feel like I've been knocked down again because right. of something else, you know, and that's life right. really. That is life. That is life. Yeah. And like, yeah, you're right. Like some things that I thought I was over, like, like in the short, for instance, for the, where the dad like, uh, accepts his son and, and I've accepted my son for who he is, mm-hmm. but I will admit that some of the looks still get me sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it got me a lot back when I was, when, when for Alex was first diagnosed, it hit me hard. Mm-hmm. But now I could sometimes, sometimes I could just let it go like, eh, whatever. And it doesn't bu- bug me as much, but every now and then it, it, it affects me. So it does. It's like you say, it's like some things just creep back up and you know, you just deal with it. That's what life is. Yeah. A lot of fathers that I've spoken to, um, and I just think that women in general are just more emotional, kind of where our 
our heart on our sleeve, you know, okay, most, yeah. most of us, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and probably too much, but uh-huh. fathers, I think, and you, maybe you experience this differently, but fathers, from what I've been told is, you know, you have to be the strong people in the family. And that's true. Especially I, when your son uh, has something that you can't fix mm-hmm. and that you feel like you're less of a father. And that's, that's just from what I, I've been told. It's just, it's hard to deal with that. And of course you have the mourning of this life that you thought that you would have. And right. let's be honest, any of us that have any kinds of kids, we all have this I guess this this notion that I, our kids are going to be perfect, right? Yeah, this idyllic view. The yeah. idyllic view. And yes. it's never that way. Never. No, no. no. <laughs> I remember being in Target one time. This was before I, I had a, a child and seeing these mothers and fathers with these screaming toddlers saying, my child will never be that way because <laughs> – my child's going to be perfect because it came from my womb, you know, some kind of weird expectation. Yes. And, uh, and then fast forward and I was that mom carrying my (laughs) child out with a shopping cart, you know, that I just left behind because I had to deal with the current circumstances. And so that's okay. And Mm -hmm. I think with all of, you know, outside of being a parent, we also have other responsibilities that weigh on us, you know, professionally and, and personally with other family members or whatever. So, um, but I think one important note to make is that you did seek professional help. I think yes, that's I huge. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think because like maybe like you were saying, being a father, I wanted to present that I, I can handle it that I am strong enough and this is not going to affect me. And um, I actually kind of just went about my work and I kind of worked through it and it it just was in the back of my mind and it was just gnawing at back there. And like it just every now and then it would come up and it would affect me. I would be driving home thinking about it and it, I, I, I would be consumed with my emotions and I would break down in my car, not in front of my wife, not in front of my friends, but like I knew I probably need some help because I, I was not handling it well. And um, I'm grateful that my wife saw it. That should, although I'm, I, I'm sure of an, a vision of a person staying in bed day every weekend. That's that's not normal. So <laughs> <laughs> even though we would love that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, yeah, I feel uh, I'm grateful that that happened, and 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 I know you're as a dad, you want to think that you could protect your child and but this is something that you cannot you you have no control over it's it is a difficult pill to swallow it is i remember telling people and i've told people so many times it's like for the first year i researched on ways to blame myself mm-hmm. you know what did i do that that caused this and i have a picture actually cuz we had to to work really hard to get even a diagnosis for my son because oh. of the waiting lists. You know, it's just oh, that's, is it worse? Is it terrible? Excruciating, in, in, excruciating. Oh my gosh. 
we were living in Illinois at the time and um, outside of Chicago. So I say there's, there's the state of Illinois and their state of Chicago, everything outside of Chicago, you, there aren't as many resources. Right. And oh. so uh, we had to drive to Chicago, but I remember I took a picture. Alex was still asleep. We stayed in Chicago and took a picture of him the next morning asleep laying in the bed. And I remember looking at the picture thinking to myself, Somehow I expected to take a picture and see my boy as being different after his diagnosis because we had just received a diagnosis the day before. Uh -huh. And yet here I am looking at this perfect, precious little boy. He's still the same Alex that he yeah. was the day before. And the day before that, um, he just has a piece of paper that right. has a diagnosis on it. And I remember just being shaken by that. Um, almost feeling guilty for even thinking that way that mm -hmm. that thought even crossed my mind. Um, mm -hmm. But I too went through a depression um, a as well. And it, I experienced my depression in a little bit of a different way. I was depressed. So I threw myself into work. I didn't sleep. I mm. didn't, you know, I, I stayed extremely, mm -hmm. extremely okay. busy. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have to mm -hmm. focus on that. And I, and I became obsessed with my son, um, you know, which I guess is, if you think about it, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be obsessed with your kids, but right. um, it was, yeah, it was, I was obsessed with getting him uh, everything that he needed. Um, I also want to touch on just how important I think it, it is that Pixar, I don't want to call it taking a chance because I think that, that, that Disney Pixar is definitely on the forefront of breaking down barriers in a lot of the communications that they have in entertainment um, and, mm -hmm. and well on the road to do so. But I think that uh, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, this was really the first one that truly, truly spoke to me, um, definitely from the autism community and that you know, Pixar, that these spark animations really are just being so impactful in the lives of people and just commend them for being able to go down this path that so many people are on. I, I agree with you. I'm so grateful to work for this company that allowed me to tell this story. Um, I mean, I can't imagine another studio if I was like, okay, and in the middle of the short, the father yells at the kid. Is that? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah. that's reality. It that is. is. That's authenticity. We've been there. I think that's why it's resonated with yes. people that I, it's the truth. People won't say it, but it's the truth. Yes. And, um, I think that's another thing that's beautiful about Pixar. I think our films are our authentic. And, yeah. and, and it, that's why it reaches out to so many millions and millions of people. Um, but um, yeah, the Spark Short program, I'm so grateful for that. They, we were in the Spark Short program. Uh, we are allowed to take risks because uh, we're more uh, on a... Uh, our budget is smaller, our time is smaller, and uh, we could be more experimental with it. And, um, and I found myself with this opportunity, I was like, I, you know what, I, I want to say something that means something to me. Um, and, and I'm, 
I, I honestly, I didn't know if people would actually like what I did. I mean, <laughs> I, wow. I was just like, I, I'm gonna, because like, I have a guy yelling at his kid <laughs> halfway <laughs> through the movie. And so, uh, um, I am grateful that it has resonated with people. And I, I'm grateful for the people who have contacted me and told me, I try to make an effort to contact the people back who have just recently got the diagnosis. Yeah. Because I know what that's like. Yeah. I want them to know that you are not alone. I know you feel like you are alone, but you're not. I've been through your journey. I've been there. And there are thousands, millions of people that are going through what you are going through right now. So, um, yeah. Thank yes. you, Susan, for also spreading awareness. And I'm glad that we're doing this because Autism Awareness Month is next month, which is yeah. it's it. So we it's good that we're spreading the word and having people revisit Float or even watch Float for the very first time. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I have to say that I've watched Float more than once. And <laughs> it's one of those things that, and I don't know if it's because I'm just, I, I love animation. Um, I'm one of those people who still watch Disney cartoons. I just, I, I love, I'm 43 years old and it, it will always, okay. you know, uh, play a, a special role in my life. And of course my sons, um, but it's one of those things that every time you watch it, I think you just gather something else or you see it from a different point of view. And, uh, that, and that's important uh, that, that we do just absolutely completely absorb. And I've, sh I've shared it because I think that in part of our advocacy, it's important for us to not only engage the autism community, but the community at large, right? Because yes. Yes. that's where the acceptance and the inclusion come in. And mm -hmm. it's so, so important because I, I want the world to see that my son is absolutely beautiful and special in, in ways he's, he's unique. Mm -hmm. And that's such a beautiful, powerful thing. The way his brain works and the way that he sees the world is, um, it's just, it's mind blowing. Yes. And it's and so unique. cool. And and yeah, every child is unique and, and is special in their way. And, and I think what is also cool about Pixar Float is that people who are not part of the autism community got a glimpse of kind of what it's like, mm -hmm. like you're, what it's like to go to a park yeah. and have a, people stare at your kid. And, and interesting enough, I don't know if you get this reaction, Susan, but when I go to the, when I went to the park, like I got like three reactions or four reactions. Uh, one was genuinely uh, what wanted me to be there and was helpful with my child. Mm -hmm. Another was condescending, like, "Oh, your kid has autism. Oh, that must be really tough." Yeah. Uh, there's the the third one that really doesn't mine and then there's the fourth one that is like why'd you bring your kid to the park i'm trying to enjoy my time and you're over here with your kid messing around with my time and 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 upsetting my time with my family and right. um and so 
those reactions are all in the, the short. If you look at the background characters, not all of them are mean. There are definitely some uh, people who genuinely feel for me and Alex. Yeah. And, and so just like you said, it's good to get out Pixar float out there to the general audience so they know what it feels like for us. And so they know maybe next time they will be nice to that kid. Yeah. Maybe next time they'll go up to the parent and say, hey, how are you doing? Not, you know, like, hey, why are you ruining my day? Yeah. How, let's, 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 right. let's have some empathy and, and, make, and lose the stigma of, of, of autism. I just want to destroy the stigma of it. I want it to be, quote, unquote, normal. So you yes. just go, oh, that's a, that kid has autism. Yeah, okay. Let's go and talk to him. Let's, 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 let's have fun. Let's, let's, let's just enjoy each other and celebrate each other. Yes, absolutely. And I, I believe that's why I love the animation side of it so much. It's not a brochure. It's not a pamphlet. It's not an infographic. This is something <laughs> that completely that, that a child can watch, that an adult can watch and truly learn from in, um, I guess a non-invasive way. I don't know if that's the right word, right. but it's it's not an in-your-face explanation um, or a pamphlet of autism or neurodiversity or any kind of uh, special need or or anything like that. It's something that anyone can connect with, and there are probably many interpretations out there for yeah. you know behind this, which I think is kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but. But for the autism community itself, uh, it's it's truly powerful. And like you said, yeah, there are a lot of different responses in um, in Alex's behavior mm-hmm. and my behavior to his behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, like why are you allowing him to do that, or right. you know, things like that. People that just really don't understand and. I was just having a conversation. You're going to let your kid like have a tantrum out here. Uh, Why are you not stopping it? Right. Why why are you that way? That self-discipline or or that that discipline. Why aren't you disciplining your child? And it's really interesting. Um, We had several instances like that at the pool this last year, last summer, when Alex was was going for a swim and he truly was trying to connect with the kids and and trying to insert himself into their play, which was oh, a good. huge deal. You know, like yeah, I'm wanting to make an announcement to the parents there. Is everyone watching this? Because this yeah. is truly awesome. Yeah. And the kids were just not being so nice to him to them Mm -hmm. and and the parents were sitting on the side of the pool watching this happen Uh and so I'm thinking to myself okay there are sometimes when I allow things to try to happen organically and then other times I'm like okay I'm going to insert myself and at this one particular time I did I inserted myself and I started playing with the kids to incorporate Alex and use that kind of as an educational platform to the parents but Mm -hmm. at one point in time one of the kids said, get away. We don't want to play with you. So not just being physically unresponsive to him, but verbally uh, abusing him. (laughs) And the the parent was sitting right there. And um, I just, I took Alex and started playing with him a little bit further out. But I thought to myself, that was, 
the parent should have said something. Yeah, and the parent should have done a teaching moment and said that's not nice, and we and we should play with everybody. Like, yeah, like, yeah. So uh, it's. I think if we uh, start teaching at a younger age, that that will happen. You know, mm-hmm. we have to start feeding those positive words to the little kiddos when they're young, so that they understand why it's so important to include everyone. But interesting enough that uh, once you said that, one of the kids, uh, one of Alex's, my Alex, <laughs> yeah, my Alex's, uh, one of his uh, classmates saw float, and he. And when he and he was a classmate when Alex was much much younger, and he said he turned to his mother and he said, "Now I know what it's kind of like for Alex." Oh, yeah. And wow. so it's like what you're saying. It's a teaching moment that we could possibly get them while they're young, yeah. and so they understand empathy and 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 you know people are different, and you should treat them how you want to be treated, and 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 you should be inclusive. So. Yeah. Um, yes. We well, try to educate as much and spread as much awareness out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I also want to make a mention before before we close today. I know that it's no small feat to produce something like float. And when you say the the timeline for a spark short animation, it, it's a lot shorter. Or the budgets are a lot smaller. I, I want to say that. The timeline, there's still a hefty timeline. If you think about if I mean, what what is the typical turnaround time, was a turnaround time for like a feature animation? Like I don't think people quite understand how much work goes into creating something like this. Oh, I, I'm turning to Chris. Am I allowed to say how much? <laughs> <laughs> about five years. About five years. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah. and. Okay. It's just, um, so I applaud um, you personally and for Pixar for dedicating that amount of time to produce something like this um, that oh, has touched so many people. <laughs> yeah, you, you ha- the, yeah, the short's not five years, but like a typical months. feature. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want people to go, wow, he did five years to make... <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true that for a feature. But I guess for a short, obviously, it's going to be a shorter amount of time for sure. Yeah. But there's still so much work that has to be done with that. No, I thank you. And I, I thank you from my team because I had a team about, uh, you, you could see the list, a team about 50 people. And yeah. we worked really hard. And I do remember one of the members of my team, team telling me um, we did the best we could because we knew how important it was to you and you know, this is your life story and we didn't want to let you down in Aww. any way and I am so happy and grateful for I had a very supportive team and, yeah. and um, they were amazing and what they've made is a thing of beauty and I'm That's so awesome. proud of the work yeah well you have an extended family it sounds like now for sure yes I do yeah. Well, uh, Bobby, can't thank you enough for your time. I know that you're super duper busy. I know that you've got a lot of things that you have going on, that you're working on. And thank you to Pixar for just 
you know, allowing Bobby to step away and talk to me for, you know, for this small amount of time, I could talk to you for hours, if not days. And I just, I truly just send you a heartfelt thank you from myself and from all of my autism tribe and for everything that, that you did and everything that you're doing right now. Well, I truly appreciate that. And thank you for helping out the autism community and your, and, and I want to shout out to your autism tribe. Thank you so much. Um, and let's, let's, let's continue this. Let's, let's spread autism awareness next month for the autism awareness month. And let, let's, let's celebrate our differences, everybody. Let's, let's do this. The story behind Float is not only a story that autism parents can relate to, but about some of the struggles that every parent has with their children. We need to love and celebrate people from all walks of life. Being unique or different isn't bad, but it's beautiful. I truly do believe that. And it's my hope that Bobby's story touched you in the way that it touched me, the way that it inspired me. It's okay to step outside of your comfort zone and embrace the unknown. Thanks so much for joining me today, for being a part of my autism tribe, and for being an advocate for yourself and others. I'll see you next week.